0: If the fates allow Until
1: then Welcome to the Great Little Zion Baptist Church. We celebrate your presence here today with us. Enjoy the worship service as you sit back and listen to the singing as it gives inspiration to your soul and then the preaching of the word of God as it gives instruction to your soul. Be blessed as God has a word for you today. Jesus, Jesus Oh This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad within it. This is Third Sunday, and of course, on Third Sunday, we always have our children's moment before we move into the sermon. So I invite you, if you would, to gather all your children around this virtual space that they may share in this special moment to which I want to convey in this Christmas season. This is our children's moment. Let's get ready to bless our children amen it is the christmas season and why is the christmas season so important on christmas day all of our children prayerfully will wake up in all of their expectations in reference to the things that they have told mom and dad that they want will be there waiting on them and they will celebrate it with great joy But I want us to also understand as children that Christmas is not just about receiving, but Christmas also is about sharing. And sharing is important because there will be someone, some child, who will wake up on Christmas Day and they may not have anything, let alone a few gifts here and there. But I want you to catch the spirit of what Pastor Murphy is trying to say, sharing. And our lesson, our object lesson this morning comes from what I have here on the altar table. It's an apple. And this apple is sweet and delicious. And as I look at this apple, there is the temptation, desire for me to eat the whole apple by myself. I could do so because I love apples, but someone gave this to me and they gave it to me as a gift. And now I'm thinking, how could I also, even though I want to consume this apple, how can I change from just merely receiving this gift to sharing this gift? And rather than me eat this good, juicy, sweet apple all by myself, what I can do is prepare this apple to share with others. So look what I have on the table. I have this nice little mechanism. It's a little thing that will help cut the apple into different parts so that I can share with someone else. When I press this down onto the apple, it will give me six different pieces. So I could have one and someone else, five other people could share in this apple. And here's the message that Pastor Murphy wants you to hear. Take a moment if the opportunity makes itself possible for you Share with someone some of the great things that you have. Share with them because in sharing, God grants you more blessings. For the Bible says it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. So give on Christmas Day. Give love. Give joy. Give happiness and give a smile on someone's face because you have decided to share what you have with someone else. Be blessed. Have a wonderful Christmas day as God will bless you in your sharing with others. Zion, if you would, get your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 15, the Gospel of John chapter 15. And although we'll be dealing with verses 1 through 11, verse 11 will be our verse for primary focus. Verse 11 will be our verse for primary focus, but we'll be dealing with verses 1 through 11 gospel of john chapter 15 we're continuing under the general title of our sermon series living out loud with joy and the title of this sermon is living in the fullness of joy living in the fullness of joy our text again is the gospel of john chapter 15 and particularly verse 11 here is what it says These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Once again, these things I have written to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Living in the fullness of joy. Although currently we are somewhat stagnated and even slowed down by this pandemic, we are still a fast paced society with an attitude that we have no time to stay put or to sit around but that is exactly what Jesus commands his followers to do in order to be productive listen to what he says in verse 4 of John 15 abide in me and I abide in you in Christ well provided thine story in this illustration of verses 1 through 8 Jesus literally tells believers to stay put, don't go anywhere. For the Greek word for abide simply means that to remain or to stay put. In other words, if you try to move off of being connected to me, says Jesus, you will lose in the end. You may have temporary survival. You may even have temporary fruit. But eventually you will wither and die because you didn't stay put in me. According to Jesus' illustration, every branch, that is each believer, has been positioned in the vine. That is in Christ. Jesus orders each branch to remain in union with him. Verse 4, that Greek word again, abide. It's an imperative as Jesus used it. It means it's constant. It's encompassing the entire act of asking, stay put, stay abiding in this single event. Then in verse 5, he tells us, he uses what's called the present tense verbs to describe this continual activity involved in maintaining this organic union with Christ. Look what he says in verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. Here are the verbs. He who abides in me and I in him, he who, bears much fruit. And remember, the fruit bearing is nothing more than a practical expression of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Remember Galatians chapter 6 verse 22 where Paul says peace and joy is the fruit of the Spirit. Living in the fullness of joy means that abiding in the word look at verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish it shall be done for you in other words Jesus says when you abide in me and my word is alive and you are permitting it to be active in your life listen to what he says What happens is your life ends up being anchored and stabilized in your joy because it helps you to remain steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, undeniable in your walk with God. So Jesus says when you are properly connected to him, and the joy of the Lord flows through your veins inside your life, you then can't help but be fruitful. But more importantly, you become a steadfast believer in the kingdom. You become unmovable by the winds of adversity. You become unshakable by the apparent attacks of evil. And you become undeniable because you know without a question that as God grants you grace, you will be able to persevere. This is what happens. God enables you when you're steadfast in his word to praise in the pain. That's the reason why you kind of wonder sometimes, man, I should be falling to pieces, but I just don't feel disturbed about this situation at all. In fact, I feel nothing but joy because I feel the sense that I'm I'm going to overcome. That's the praise in the pain because of the joy that God gives you and the trust in the trouble because the joy of the Lord is your strength and as a result of that, you get to give God glory because you're connected to the vine that provides everything you need in the sap that flows from the tree to the branches, from the father to the son, from the son to the branch, the child, you and I in him. The sap that flows is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's what keeps us moving In the midst of something trying to hold us up, that keeps us shouting, that keeps us trusting, that keeps us believing, that keeps us praying, that keeps us waiting on God until God brings about the change in our life. That's the joy of living in the fullness of what joy is. A couple things I want to tell you about joy. And the joy is critical in this journey. Because it's the one thing that will keep you not only persevering, but that'll keep you sane in the midst of insanity. I want to talk about three things and then I'm done. The first thing I want to say is that the joy of Jesus is abounding joy. Listen to verse 11 again. These things... I've spoken to you that my joy, my joy may be in you. Now you can't understand this until you listen to it as it's reflected in various scriptures. Listen to this. In John chapter 17 verse 13 in that high priestly prayer in which Jesus gives. He shares, once again, another aspect of why joy is important and why you need to live in the fullness of it. Listen to what he says. I'm telling you these things, says Jesus, that they may have my joy. Now, in chapter 17, he's conversing with the Father. And he says to the Father, God, I'm conveying what you've conveyed to me. I'm conveying that to them, once again, in the word, So that they may have my joy made full in themselves. But remember, you have to stay connected. You have to stay prayed up. You have to stay word up. You have to stay witness up. You have to stay encouraged. You have to stay connected to the vine so that you can experience this constant oncoming joy. And I can tell you how I know this living in the joy is so imperative paul says in philippians 4 and 4 rejoice in the lord always and again i say rejoice what's jesus trying to tell us your joy is predicated upon my abounding in you and you can only experience the abounding presence of god if you remain connected to the person of jesus christ Now remember, there is a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness, I'm convinced, is a byproduct of having joy. But here's the difference. Happiness depends on what happens. So when something exciting happens, it makes me happy. It's merely what some say cosmetic. It's what happens on the outside makes me smile dealing with more of the outward context than anything else but joy depends on the Lord joy goes beyond the outward person and it hinges on the inward character and who's a part of my inward character other than the Lord Jesus Christ that's the reason why I am abiding in him abounding permitting his abounding joy to remain in me and that's what makes me celebrate even when nothing has happened on the outside but something glorious is taking place on the inside you ever notice sometimes you just get happy just about thinking about the goodness of God thinking about that answered prayer, thinking about that moment in which God brought you through, thinking about how God made a way for you. That's the joy that's abounding because of the person of Jesus Christ. Here it is, the joy of Jesus is abounding joy. Then there's a second thing I want to tell you. And that second thing is that the joy of Jesus is abiding joy not only abounding joy now remember the word abounding means that joy multiplies that joy overflows you can find it in romans 15 13 and 2nd corinthians 4 15 in 2nd corinthians 8 2 paul talks about the overflowing joy of the lord that's abounding joy but abiding joy means this It holds. It continues. It remains. You can rest in the joy of God. You can live on the joy of the Lord. Here's this abiding joy. What makes it so powerful? Well, it helps me. It helps you. It helps us when sorrow occurs. If you read John 16 and verse 20, when Jesus begins to tell the disciples about what's going to happen to him, he mentions this verse in verse 20 that brings about joy. Listen to what he says. Truly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. Have you noticed that there are times when God does turn what should be an overwhelming, depressing, even debilitating, sorrowful experience? And yet you find this incredible strength that God provides that rather than being utterly in sorrow, you find joy rising to the occasion. That's the abiding joy that was already there, always been there. And because you are tied to the vine, that joy comes out whenever sorrow shows up. That abiding joy also is present in every tribulation. In first Corinthians, I'm sorry, second Corinthians seven four, listen to what Paul says I am overflowing with joy in all of my afflictions. You can't make that statement unless you've got abounding and abiding joy living on the inside of you. In all tribulations, says Paul, I find a reason, I find a manner in which to celebrate, to give God glory, to not allow the circumstance to depress me. But instead, I'm going to shout my way out. And sometimes you have to praise your way through a problem. You have to permit that abiding joy to give you the strength that it has to make a way. It's not only apparent and present in sorrow and tribulation, but this abiding joy helps us in losses, when we have lost something in life, when we have lost someone in life, when we have lost what is very dear to us, Hebrews 10.34 says, this joy helps us deal with losses. And in this COVID season, there have been many people who have lost loved ones, who have lost stuff, items, possessions, possessions, and contrary to what many people think, listen, possessions are important. You've worked hard, you've labored, you've done the necessary things to make sure you can acquire them. And when they become wiped out for whatever reason, lost of employment, it's a lost and it hurts. And here's what Jesus is saying through the words of Paul or the writer of Hebrews, we would say, he gives abiding joy in the midst of, of all of your losses. But it's also an abundant joy in every single affliction. I've made that point clear before. In every affliction. This is what I think Job meant when he came with those words, though God wound me, slay me, yet will I trust him. In the midst of the affliction that really is trying to tell me to give up on God, to give in the joy of the Lord, the abiding joy says in my spirit, I will not let you go, in the words of Jacob, until you bless me. That's an abiding joy that pushes you to remain faithful in the midst of the affliction. Why? Because I'm living in the fullness of joy. Jesus' joy is abounding. Jesus' joy is abiding. But then here's my final point Jesus' joy is abundant. In John 15, the Bible tells us of this relationship between the vine and the branches. But in order to have abundant joy, there's some things that we must learn to abide in. When we talk about Christ. Here they are. How do we experience this abiding, this abounding, and now this abundant joy in Christ? Well, number one, you've got to surrender. Look at verse 4 and 5 of John chapter 15. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Surrender. You've got to give up ownership. You've got to give up ownership and trust in the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's difficult to do Because we are creatures who believe that we really are in charge of every dimension of our life and we don't like anyone or anything telling us something otherwise or trying to, quote unquote, intrude to make decisions for us. Listen to what Jesus says. If you want to maintain your vital, abiding, abundant, joyful life, surrender. Notice the branch doesn't look back at the vine and tell the vine, not today. Instead, it remains in the vine because the joy that it is receiving through the sap is overwhelming abundant and it doesn't want to let it go. Come on, we got to admit that God's grace and God's mercy and God's goodness and God's provision and God's love and God's care and God opening doors and God making a way and God healing us. All of that makes us beneficiaries and it comes as a result of this abundant and abiding and abounding joy and it's because we were willing to surrender. Look what he says in verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit, for apart from me, you can do nothing. And here's what Jesus is trying to tell us in this example of illustration that he borrows from the Old Testament. You need to remember and to recognize that I am the one who provides all that you need and all I ask you to do is surrender that I might give you all that you need not only surrender but dependence see what he said in verse 5 again I am in you you are in me you're going to bear much fruit that's a promise but remember apart from me you can do nothing dependence I am dependent on the mercy of God I am dependent on the grace of God I am dependent on the love of God I am dependent on the forgiveness of God do you not recognize that every single day when we wake up and we pray to God we got to understand we got to be depending on God forgiving us where we've fallen short of his glory We got to recognize that we got to depend on the grace of God to prevent tragedy, to prevent things from happening that otherwise may very well take place. And the mercy of God, when I've gone left and he wanted me to go right, but his mercy didn't let me fall prey to what was on the left, but instead he directed me out from the left to the right. That's mercy. I'm depending on God. When I leave to go to XYZ, I'm depending that I'll get there safely. So are you. God is saying through Jesus, if you want to experience this abundant joy, surrender to me and depend on me. But Then look what he says in verse 9. Rest in me. Just as the Father has loved me, I also Love you, abide in my love. That's an unbelievable, undescribable, indescribable love. An amazing love that looks beyond all of my shortcomings and yours, all of our faults, and always touches the need. I can't help but refer to the son, the prodigal son in Luke 15. This, this boy who goes away and as the old King James describes it, he, he goes and, and lives an incredibly crazy life. And yet the father is never critical. The father is never judgmental. The father never condemns, but the father is looking, waiting with great anticipation for his son to come home. And when you read Luke 15, that boy comes home, his father is waiting. In fact, I think his father met him as he saw him come through the city gates. And there's a lot in the customary aspect about that that I don't have time to tell you, but I can give you one important point. The father... I believe, ran and met him in the running, it was customary that he had to lift his garment. But in lifting his garment, that also sent a message culturally that that's a shame when a father has to run and do that. And Look what I'm trying to tell you. This father was willing to be publicly shamed that he might learn love his son who who had left and went away and did what he wanted to do and yet in his repentant state came back home. Why? Because he realized if nowhere else I can rest in the love of my father. And that's what I call living in the fullness of joy. How do I get this abundant joy? Also by obedience. Listen to what he says in verse 10 if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments abide in my love now listen to this also in John 14 and we'll read verse 15 if you love me you will keep my commandments look at verse 21 of John 14 (coughs) he who has my commandments and keeps them he it is who loves me and he who loves me shall be loved by my father and i will love him and will disclose myself to him you want the abundance of god's joy follow the word now that's our challenge that's your challenge to live in this life and to live out that christian creed it's difficult Because sometimes some of those challenges, some of those commandments create tension in our lives. But I'm learning, and I'm here to tell you, when you push to do the right thing, God's abiding joy, God's abounding joy, and God's abundant joy will forever be with you. This, my brothers and sisters, is what I call living in the fullness of your joy. Jesus wants you to. And all you need to do is surrender to his lordship. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the day in which you've given us and the word of John 15, 11. Now, God, I pray in Jesus' name. May we repent. May we surrender. May we be willing, God, to depend and rest in who you are as the true vine. And we are your branches. Shape us, mold us, prune us, as you said in the text, that we might bear more fruit. Help us to become the kind of branches that will grow where the birds can rest and experience the abundant glory of being in the shade of peace. Save someone that calls on your name today. We'll give you the glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. That's our prayer with this church. That's my prayer as a pastor. That this moment has caused you to examine where you are with Christ. And you've made a personal decision if you've never done so before. Today, I want my life to begin anew. If you're a believer and you've already made that decision, maybe your life is not as fruitful as you want it to be. Read this text of John 15, 1 through 11. Meditate upon it. And let the Holy Spirit teach you how you can have and experience the abounding and the abiding and the abundant joy of the Lord helping you live in the fullness of what joy is. Thank you, my brothers and sisters, for your support of this ministry and we invite you to continue to support us, whether you do that by your text giving on your electronic device or by your e-giving in our church website or by mailing us your contribution. We thank you for how you enable us to continue to do ministry. God loves you and so do I. Continue to be faithful and watch God do great and mighty things.
0: Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay next year all our troubles will be miles away once again as in olden days happy golden days of your faithful friends who were dear to
1: us zion we have invited you to join around the table in this virtual experience as we are here to break bread together in the lord's supper We invite you to get your elements and let's prepare to go before the Lord in this special moment that we call communion in which we share in the breaking of bread. Jesus gathered his disciples together around that table and the Bible says that he took bread, he looked unto heaven and gave thanks for it and then he gave it to his disciples. I invite you as they did eat together, let us eat together at this table. Likewise, the word of the Lord said he took the cup. He looked unto heaven and gave thanks for it, and then he gave it to his disciples. As Jesus invited his disciples to drink together, let us drink together as we share in this communion moment. When they finished, they sung a hymn and went out into the Mount of Olives. Let's leave this virtual moment today celebrating that we've had a chance not only to listen to the preach word, but to share in the communion table where we come together as one in the person of Jesus Christ. They went out into the Mount of Olives and began to sing. Let's sing in your heart as we leave this special moment. God bless you. Have a wonderful, blessed week in the Lord.
0: Amen. Merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light next year all our troubles will be out of sight have yourself a merry little christmas make the yuletide gay. next year all our troubles will be miles away more, someday soon we all will be together, if the fates allow, until then we'll have to muddle through somehow, so have yourself a merry little Christmas now.